Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, Couch Potatoes and TV Junkies, to Picked Up, the TV Pilot Review Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Camalucci, and joining me on the other line, in a room that's hot, loud, and full of men, it's Chris Mullet. Wait, what, am I at like a weird like sex dungeon I don't know about? <laughs> Uh, you're in, in Sal's Paradise. Oh. <laughs> Yo, look, don't get me started about my crazy wackadoo theories about what happened to Salvatore. Uh, I, I will I will start you up on that later in the show. <laughs> Have you ever seen that episode of South Park where there's the big gay orgy to like make sure that people aren't having nothing but mixed races? That's what Sal died underneath. <laughs> All right, so we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. Um Thank you very much for uh, downloading and listening to uh, Picked Up. Um, uh, uh, that is Chris Mullet. You're here on the other line, uh, host of uh, Potswoggle and co-host of uh, Married with Movies, um, as well as my uh, uh, compatriot on the Blank Slate, a real arcade audio staple here. Um, yes. Uh, every season, um, we go through a change, a metamorphosis, uh, as you will, if you will, on um, Picked Up, um, and. Uh, it's with Heavy Heart. We had a, a good conversation about it. Uh, so I just want to, um, right off from the top, the get-go, uh, just kind of address uh, sort of the lack of a Bobby in the room. Um, uh, Robert has decided to uh, kind of go in a different direction. Um, he's uh, he's going to be doing his thing. Um, he, you know, will still pop up on arcade audio shows here and there every once in a while. Um uh, as really as he pleases, it's an open door policy here. But um, yeah, he decided to uh, to just kind of uh, 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 pursue some other uh, opportunities, and I was going to say pursuits, but that's redundant. Um, but nothing but love. Uh, gonna miss you here. You're always welcome back. Um, but uh, yeah, so what we're gonna be doing for this season? Um, in light of this news, is uh, a little uh, uh, live with Regis slash live with Kelly um, action in which whenever they uh, uh, lose a co-host, kind of do a little bit of a, a roundtable, as it were. Not a roundtable, but, um, you know, sort of a, a guest chair, as it were. Uh, and who knows? Maybe we're going to find our uh, permanent co-host for season four uh, this way. So every episode this season... Uh, is going to have a different host sitting with me uh, to talk about what we just watched. Um, and for this episode, Mad Men, um, there were really a couple of people that popped to uh, the top of my mind uh, when I think of Mad Men. Um, and when I think of Mad Men and Short Notice, I gave them all a call. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and like normally it's like, oh, absolutely, I'm in. But like I'm at my place like in my life right now where I'm like, Hold on, shit. Let me seriously think about this. <laughs> I was like, "Is this really what I can do?" But then I was like, "You know what? It's an hour and a half to talk Mad Men with my best friend. Of course I do." Let me be very clear about two things. Also up front, number one, I am by no means the permanent answer to this. So for all you people who are like, "Fuck another Rich and Mullet podcast," this is a stopgap. Okay, <laughs> this yeah, is all it is. Yeah. No, I, I meant all the others might be. 
No, I know. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I just, I'm just letting everybody know that they're like, well, fuck, don't have to listen to Picked Up anymore. It's just Rich and Mullet jerking each other off again. It's <laughs> just it's just one extra week of jerking off. That's all it is. It's true. Um, true. And number two, uh, in the, the Regis and Kelly uh, uh, euphemism that you use, or the analogy, I should say, uh, the best answer is going to be Anderson Cooper, like it always is. And he's just too goddamn busy. Too busy. And But you know what? Maybe you can get him for at least one of the weeks. And he's going to be great. And then everyone's going to be like, fuck, I really want Anderson Cooper. And then you hire fucking John Stamos or whoever it's going to be. Which, you know, he's fine. He's fine. He's still good. Nobody's better at Anderson Cooper at most things. But it's particularly daytime television. Are we to what you're watching yet? Because this is what I'm... So, hey, Mullet, what you watching? It's funny because every time Sam and I go to our baby appointment, it's so early in the morning that the television that they have on there is either playing the Today Show or live with Kelly and whoever. And I feel like I've watched way too much live with Kelly over the past like seven months. Do you have a favorite? Uh, Joel McHale was great. Um, t- totally not his audience though, because like half of his jokes were just fucking bombing with these women that have sweaters that they made themselves. Um, but uh, yeah, he's always a favorite. Again, I saw Anderson Cooper. He's always great. Uh, there's somebody else I feel like I'm missing. Oh, uh, I think Fred Savage. He was good. Man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Fred Savage. I'm on Team Fred. He needs it. The grinder was unfairly canceled. The same thing they did with Enlisted. Fox, you're fucking killing me. I think that I think that every time Fred Savage gets a legitimate good gig, Ben Savage like sabotages it because now he has Girl Meets World, and he's like, "No, I got to be the one to make the bread in this family." That's right. I just assume that Fred and Ben Savage are taking care of their entire households, no matter where they are divided at. I think that's a safe um, assumption. Uh, also, I'm calling all of y'all. It's Savage Taj. I. It took you eight minutes, but I quit. <laughs> Uh, you're the what one watching here, daytime Rich? television. What else are you watching, man? All right. So what I'm watching. Uh, so my list is very small compared to what I'm sure yours is going to be because uh, I'm busy. And also this past uh, this past year, some of the stuff in my regular rotation, we lost. We lost the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Muppets was sadly canceled after one season, as we kind of expected. Um, and I... You know, as the host of Podswoggle, the majority of my time is spent keeping up with and watching wrestling. So this isn't the show for that because I could go on and on about Lucha Underground or the wrestling that I'm watching on a regular basis. So what I'm watching, uh, I am a pretty much a full-blooded uh, American in that uh, I watch way too much goddamn reality, te- reality television with my wife, and it always gets me sucked in. Um, but I must say, the season of Shark Tank so far been pretty good. Um, if you're going to watch any reality television show, though. Make it Shark Tank because at the very least, this is things that you see like on a day to day basis when like you go into a store and you're like, oh yeah, I saw it on Shark Tank. Oh, fuck, cool. It's actually like doing something in the world. Uh, but she watches like Survivor and all the BS. What I'm actually enjoying and watching uh, the one show that I picked up this uh, this new season that I have thoroughly enjoyed and I hope it's on your list and it better be on your list is Atlanta. Yes, absolutely. Uh, was a little late to the game. Uh, I was scared it was going to be that show that I DVR'd. Um, and then like six episodes in, I'm like, all right, I got a decision to make. But um, the hurricane was very nice <laughs> to, to, to catching up on that. Well, it also, uh, it also helps that it's a 22-minute show as well. 
True, but like the first episode was daunting, and that like it was the two parter, which I, I know I could have just like cut in half. But again, like our time has been very very valuable <laughs> recently in terms of like what we can sit in on one sitting for. But um, watched it, loved it. Um, FX is absolutely killing it. Because uh, I, I you've talked on the show that I am, and it's not on right now, but I'm excited for it to come back in January. A fan of baskets. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Louis Anderson. Called that shit. In the first episode, um, you did. You absolutely nailed that Emmy Award winner, Louis I, Anderson. I was, I was probably way too as excited as a 29 year old male about Louis Anderson winning an award in 2016. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but um, yeah, FX. Uh, I just uh, again with Louis and you know all the other uh, things that have going on. I haven't had a chance to watch Better Things. And some of the other projects they've been working on. But um, Atlanta's right up my alley, man. It's got the right sense of humor for me. I love the different stylized um, takes they they have. And not being afraid to do something different. I am all in. It's appointment viewing for me every single week. Who's your favorite? Oh, um, fucking Earn. <laughs> Earn's the best. Really? No, no, I'm sorry, not Earn. Um, Darius, you mean. I, Darius, that's what I meant. Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. I meant Darius. Uh... Yeah, he's great. I was sad that the last episode with Van um, like didn't have any Darius, but it was a good break from Darius, and that like it makes me want him more. And now when he comes back, I'll be so excited. And I hope it's not until like the second or third season that you just get the Van treatment with Darius, where you get an all Darius episode, which right. is because it's going to be like that uh, animated uh, <laughs> um, fucking episode of the league with Rafi and dirty Randy yep, where like absolutely. you couldn't have had that too like any earlier. Cause no one would be ready for it. It might uh, literally just be that shot for shot, scene by scene, line by line. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, but um, yeah, he's fucking great. So um, Keith Stanfield who plays Darius. Um, you, do you know what he was in before, right? He was in, I recognize him. I think I looked this up. He was in Selma. Uh, he, if he was, that's not what I was going to... Um, uh, well, because I just recently watched that, so... But he, I, what are you referencing? He played Snoop Dogg in Straight Outta Compton. I haven't watched Straight Outta Compton yet. I, uh... Yeah, I watched it uh, the other night because it was on HBO Go, and, um... Yeah. It, uh... Was, uh... Really good. It was It was a... Sh- I hate that it got nominated for the weakest fucking part of, of what it was. The script? <laughs> yeah. The script yeah. was fucking cheesy as shit. All the acting was really great. Um, um, not to spoil possible future plans, but I might have sent a message to another host of an arcade audio show about a potential holiday crossover about that said movie uh, between two podcasts that we might be working on. That was the the worstly veiled idea announcement ever. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> to attempt to not get people's hopes up. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, other... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, also, shout out to Brian Tyree Henry, who plays uh, Paperboy. Um, he is redefining the deadpan. He's great, dude. He's he's awesome. He's... I love just how layered like that fucking character is, and already and very, very quickly and early on. In last um, week's every- episode, in the Van episode, he had the best line of the show in a text message. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was great. 
so that's the main thing I'm watching. Along with the usuals, Brooklyn Nine Nine had a great return. Um, I'm glad we're we can maybe get back to our regularly scheduled Brooklyn Nine Nine after that little arc is over. But unfortunately, I think this week it's their fucking New Girl crossover, which I'm like, whatever about. Uh, I'm excited for it. I I watch New Girl. I like New Girl. I think that New Girl is a rare case in which every single one of those characters or every single one of those performers has uh charisma and likability. Uh the the least of which maybe Zoe Deschanel, but it they, is. they course corrected that shit super early on in my opinion. Yeah. Um and it's just not it's not for me. It's, um, it's well no, it's for it's for it's it's a show. It's a it's a it's a classic type of sitcom where it's like it's likable. You like the people, and they're comfortable. I I found myself watching it when it came back, just like happy that I get to see these people again. Um, and I'm just super super stoked for that crossover. Just for some of the like, w- man, ugh, fucking Winston might be one of my favorite characters on television. Um, <laughs> and to just see him interact with, uh, uh, uh fucking uh, uh, Hitchcock uh, and Scully. Hitchcock and Scully. <laughs> Um, oh man, just all of them, all of them, Rose, ah, oh, damn. They're all great, and, uh, I will watch Andre Brower read the back of a VCR instruction manual. Hands down. And love every moment of it. Um, only other thing I had on my list in terms of what I'm watching, uh, a little bit. One yeah. more thing on, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I hope now that that, um... Uh, uh, storyline um, with uh, what was who did Eric Roberts end up playing? What was that guy's name? Oh, God, I feel like I've, I've heard it so much. Uh, Jimmy J- uh, Figgis. Jimmy Figgis. Figgis. Yeah. Yes. Now that the the Figgis storyline is over, I really, really, really hope Jason Manzukis like comes onto the show as a regular. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that character that he's playing on there, and I just want him to have regular fucking work. I just want him to have a steady paycheck. Yes, I always want that. Uh, I need a little bit more of him in my life now, especially now that I have no league. I'll take him anyway. I get him. Yeah, I'll, I, I could watch him read the VCR manual that Andre Brower is doing, but with like a knife in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> at, at, you know, at all times. Uh, only other thing I had on my list uh, that's worth noting is last week tonight. Um, it's again every. Monday at, on my lunch. That's what, how I spend my Mondays on lunch, and it makes my week start off so wonderfully. Yeah, I'm super um, super behind on that, uh, and I shouldn't be for especially considering what time of year it is. And I think you have I think you only have three weeks to catch up on three or four. I'm really really behind. Oh, you mean like even beyond that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean these. I mean. How I got into it at first before I just started watching the whole show was you figure on their YouTube channel, 75 to 90 percent of the show is just that one segment. Mm -hmm. So you just watch those and you're fucking caught up. Yeah. And those are great on the shitter or waiting for a bus or waiting for something thing you can just knock out real quick. And then they're just like fucking candy. You just pop them and you go. True. True. It's just having HBO go. It's just like. It's one of those things where it's like, no, I have it. I could like save it for later and sit on the couch and watch it, and that's never what ends up happening. That's what I was, was at first, and then I just halfway through last season, 
I was just like, no, fuck it. I I might as well spend the extra five to ten minutes and just see what else he has to say. So, um, and when I think of anything else, I'll throw them in. But like I said, for the most part, our television watching is just is I'm watching Drunk History and other little things like that, but yeah. um, nothing that's you know, episodic and, you know, continual stories or characters beyond some of those things. So Rich, please go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, are we going to give you a time limit? Like sometimes you do, or I feel I'll, like you just need time. <laughs> I'm keeping an eye on it. I've been, okay. I've been crafting these thoughts over months. So, uh, it has been a good solid three months at least. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I uh, let's just uh, wrap up with Fox comedies. Um, have you caught any of Son of Zorn? I wanted to saw middling reviews and passed because of it. That is uh, correct. I um, okay. like. Here's the important thing to take away from this: is Son of Zorn the cons the idea of a show that is Son of Zorn needs to be encouraged. Um, cause it's a super unique idea, uh, an original concept. Um, and, and it was risky. It, you know, took mm-hmm. a chance and it didn't necessarily land it. If you're not familiar with it, it's, uh, a He-Man esque character, um, uh, has a child in the real world. Uh, uh, Zorn, uh, voiced by Jason Sudeikis, uh, has well, a- I'm fearful will become the new Will Arnett. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, although, if he was the 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 new Will Arnett, he would actually be have been better as a voice <laughs> voice actor. True, because um, <laughs> his past season of BoJack was also just absolutely stellar and rips your fucking heart out. Um, and uh, yeah, um, Cheryl Hines plays the ex wife. Tim Meadows plays her fiance. Uh, who has the only good lines in the show, if it's in my opinion. Uh, that's because I've been on the Tim Meadows train since 1999, and I ain't getting off. Um, and you're the only one that's on it. <laughs> Doug, I rewatched at work for no reason today the Sweet Sassy Molassie sketch. Do you know, the one with Ray Romano, they're on SportsCenter. Okay, Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit holds up. Ray Romano and SNL holds up, and that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that it's true though. Uh, did um oh here I'll ask you this. Did you watch uh, uh I'll wrap up with Son of Zorn. Um it's a great idea. It's just not funny. Um Adult Swim would have crushed that. But what's that? Adult Swim would have crushed that. Yeah, and you would have never heard about it until like five years after it was cancelled. <laughs> yeah, but that's I, I that I think that would have been better for everybody involved. <laughs> true, true. Uh, did you catch um, SNL this week? Yes, I ca- I've caught both episodes of SNL so far. Uh, I've liked both of them. Really like this week, um, just because uh, Lin Manuel Miranda could wrap that VCR manual that yeah. <laughs> Andre Brower was reading, and uh, Jason Manzanares was stabbing, uh, but in but in Spanish, and I would still be all over it. Um, yeah, I've liked everything so far. I like the new. I like uh, the newbies. I like. The weekend update changes. I like some of the new characters that might be testing out. I like, I like, I like. Uh, I I was really originally just going to ask if you saw that uh, Music Man sketch. Oh, of course I did. Yeah, that's 
<sighs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, I did. That is... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, uh, another show I know you're not watching, but I think might be... It's not artistically the best show on television right now. Um, especially like in the in the uh, particularly in the half hour uh, uh, slot, but I think Blackish might be one of the best shows on TV right now. Everyone keeps saying it, dude. I I've heard I've never heard a bad thing about it. It's it's only gotten increasingly better, um, which is is saying a lot, man. It's it's such a great show and, and just like. Does so much on so many levels. Um, and man, like my biggest concern going into that show was like, would Anthony Anderson be able to hold like the emotional weight of like certain scenes that like that show, a show like that would have to. And he fucking mm-hmm. does, man. Everybody says he's the best part of it. Um, or like when I re- like I read like Emmy like predictions, they're like, it would be a travesty if Anthony Anderson did win. And of course he doesn't. But still, that's like the consensus is that he is like one of the best, like if not the best leading actor on a sitcom. Yeah. And if the show has as long a run as it should, uh, he will. But honestly, the the person who steals that show whenever he gets a chance is Dion Cole. Um, he just uh, fuck. He's hilarious. He's a very funny, funny, funny man. Also, David Diggs is on the show now. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's just also just added fun and and, and goodness. Um, what else do I have here? Um, <clears throat> I am. I don't have that much more to be perfectly honest. Uh, oh, real! I am astounded. <laughs> I well, there's a lot that like I just haven't watched yet. Uh, like. Fleabag, which is on Amazon. Uh, a lot of the Amazon shows. There's like a, a Jean Claude Van Damme movie on Amazon or show on Amazon. Heard um, about that. There's a new Tick show on Amazon, which are both sure. apparently really good. Um, uh, what else haven't I watched yet? I'm in the middle of watching Easy on Netflix, which is a um, sort of an anthology series by Joe Swanberg, um, which is great for Chicago catnip because he shoots and you know does all the stuff in Chicago and it's just fun to recognize places but also he's a really um interesting filmmaker he did drinking buddies and happy christmas um a lot of these stories that he's telling are hit or miss um the ones that hit are great uh and if it's a miss sometimes it just pisses you off which i guess is effective it's frustrating though um what else is there uh so I'm going to save the big, big one for last. Um, Probably my new. If we're my new favorite traditional sort of network comedy this year, Mm -hmm. because it's it's just hard to like qualify Atlanta as that Mm -hmm. um, is the good place. I, 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 when you started, I was like, it's going to have to be the good place. That's the only thing I can think of. I fucking love it, dude. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, by Mike Shore, who was behind the office behind Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's got a, a fantastic ensemble cast headed up by Kristen Bell and the goddamn stalwart Ted Danson. Ted Danson. 
I'm running out of things to do with this VCR manual. <laughs> I don't know what else to do with it. He doesn't have to do anything with it. He's fine. He can the show and the show. I love. I, the show is is great, and it's a breath of fresh air because the show's literally just all about being a good person. God forbid. <laughs> Boo! Cancel. <laughs> yeah, really. Um. Yeah, man. It just. It it it's satisfying and it puts you in a good mood all at the same time. Like it's it's and it's a, 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 a again another wholly unique concept um, that hopefully doesn't go away. That doesn't leave us. So um, that's that's all I've got except for my last one here, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe like one of the biggest reasons I'm sad Robert isn't on the show anymore. Um, but goddamn better believe I'm going to have a conversation with him off mic about it. Um, cause he was the one who fucking brought it up in the first place on the show it was Westworld. Oh yeah. I, that's been like the number one that I've been meaning to watch. Holy shit, man. Is it like, like holy shit. Yeah. Or holy shit. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> a whole, uh, a little bit of both in that the holy shit, like what the fuck did this is, this is violent. <laughs> um, it's great. Uh, you have fucking again, just actors acting, uh, and and it, you know, there's big. It's it's very Nolan and Abrams esque, which their fingerprints are all over it. Um, in that it's it's. It's uh, a reckoning with big questions and big ideas and big concepts um, and and giving incredibly capable people the opportunity to just fucking just take home run swings. I'm excited to watch it. Um, everybody that's that you would be like, huh, them on a television show would probably be pretty good uh, is on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I I need to seek that one out. Um, You're only two episodes behind so far. That that is one that if you get six behind, I wouldn't fault you at all for not wanting to reckon with all of that. It with yeah in a six hour block or like spread out over a weekend. So yeah, this is this is why weekly television exists. So you don't have to digest all of this shit at once. Of course, it's a lot. Um, Speaking of digesting and a lot, there's a lot of shows that I wanted to just get your like rapid fire, either like why you're not, if you if you've missed it or you didn't mention it, why feelings on. Sure. Really, really quickly. The first one would probably be the longest is Mr. Robot. Season two. uh, It's because it's over um, and it was a dope as fuck season. Um, And and yeah, it was it was baller. Um, And my boy, Rami Malik. Emmy winner, uh, what up? Um, yeah, a very different season from the first, but uh, not in a bad way, in just a very different, tonally changing way. Um, I will I will binge watch that when I'm on leave, probably. I just want to confirm one thing. Spoiler alert for anybody. I just saw this somewhere, and I have to confirm. Was Alf on an episode? Dude, if you... Uh, here's... Oh, oh, I'm so glad we're here <laughs> no, for this. That's, that's all... That's You know what? As much as I want to hear what comes out of your mouth, that's all you need to say. 
Because my erection will do the rest of the talking. Here's the thing. I didn't know, like, how you'd really, like, react to the show, like, as a whole complete piece of work. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's totally binge-worthy in the way sort of as a less than Breaking Bad is. But yeah. I, what I would have told you was to watch any episode from either season one or season two episodes one through five and then just watch season two episode six perfect uh it's it's again it's just something just so chancy and risky and not like fucking worrying about what anybody any conventions or anything like that and the fact that usa doesn't give a fuck like What's on USA these days? Seriously, what the fuck is USA putting on their fucking airwaves these days? Everything is so, like, because we watch Monday Night Raw and and Tuesday Night Smackdown, which is five hours out of our fucking week. Yeah. That we have to go through these fucking commercials and they have these, like, eyewitness and falling water and queen of the south. And it's like, god damn, all of these so fucking much. Kind of makes me nervous for Mr. Robot because that was one of the things that helped it stand out so much in its first season was it wasn't a blue sky show. It wasn't yeah. a burn notice or a psych or, you know, any of those shows. It was, it was something incredibly different. And now yeah. USA is just completely leaning in to all of this fucking darkness. And it's like, mm. Hey, are, do you have a creative thought in your mind? Should we probably filter some of it up? Nah, Mr. Robot worked. Go ahead. They're, they're AMCing it right now. I feel like, yep. Which I, I, I was specifically Googling, like, channels and TV shows to bring up to see if I was missing anything. I did AMC, and that's me clicking off of it. Okay. Well, <laughs> and I will say this. Because um, this is apparent. Because uh, I think you and Sam brought it up on a recent Married Movies. Like, and I can't attest to this because I, I quit after the first season. I made it as far as I could. Apparently, Halt and Catch Fire, season two and three, turned into one of the best shows on television. Cool. I'm sure it did. Great. Good job. You did a great job sucking me in. Sometimes that's I, just what it takes, man. Seasons are mullet. I'm, I'm a busy man. Hard. I got shit to do. <laughs> I got shit to do. T- TV's hard, though. Cool. Great. You know what? And if it can't be solved in 52 minutes, get the fuck out. <laughs> it's hard. Um, Netflix. You and Robert talked about Stranger Things, right? Or was that not a thing when... Yeah, I think Stranger Things was in that sweet spot of our hiatus. It was our off-season. Okay. I will let somebody... Cause that's like That and Mr. Robot are my two that's like, okay, I have, I'm going to have four months off. Let's get down to catching up on like pop culture, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and those are, my, those are my top two. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, same... I'll have a conversation with people who have seen it because I have, I have thoughts. Cool. Uh, and all the Marvel shows, same thing. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much it for things on Netflix. I wanted to mention yeah. Yeah, uh, Cage is great. Yep, yeah, of course. Uh, FX. I don't think there was anything you didn't see. I was interested in Better Things. Didn't watch any Better Things. What was um, Better Things again? That's uh, the Pamela uh, uh, Adlon show. Oh yeah. Um, I still keep uh, toying around with the idea of starting. You're the worst because that's another one that I hear. Right. is fantastic it's incredibly different um deals with heavy shit while also being hilarious um but in all honesty i just can't wait until uh man seeking woman comes back yeah 
Uh, and then for net, I can't think of any other because I don't know like the Amazon and the Hulu and all those special shows. Amazon's big uh, one is is transparent. Um, with, well, that I know, but I mean, like the newer ones are the ones that like you have already been watching. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say like I I I'm probably not gonna watch season three and on of Transparent. Um, just one. There's just I I feel like it's not gonna not be a good show. I just I don't know, man. I just. I'm tired of, of rich white people having problems. <laughs> like that's What's why that I stopped watching TV Togetherness, even though that got canceled. Like I'm here's I was talking with someone at work about this today. I'm tired of the fucking storytelling trope of the meek, meager white husband that is is insecure of himself and his hot wife that he like pushes her away unknowingly into the arms of a, of a wild man with well, and, and like morally he didn't do anything wrong he's in the right blah, blah, blah. I f- i'm just so f- i feel like i've seen this fucking storytelling motif over and over and over again these last fucking five years i'm sick of it oh i don't have to ask you about kevin can wait now so never mind um look man the I'm king just, of cbs I'm came just... back and and i was very very curious about it I may still, if I get drunk and torrenty enough, I may download a couple episodes of Kevin Can Wait along with season two of The Odd Couple. You're going to do. I know you are. Don't don't even say, like, I may get drunk. I, I can hear the torrent being downloaded on your computer as you speak right now. <laughs> I know that's already happening. Uh, uh, so, yeah, for network, I was going to ask you about that because I know you're a Kevin James guy. Uh, I was, I was going to insult you and ask if you were checking out Man with the Plan, the Matt LeBlanc show. Um, but I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, The Exorcist. I didn't know that was a thing until about ten seconds ago. Uh, Lethal Weapon. Uh, here's the weird thing. I remember seeing the 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 like full length trailer for it and going like that doesn't look terrible. From from everything I've I've garnered from the show, I haven't watched it, but from everything I've heard about it, is it would have been just a fine show on its own. You didn't if have you just, to make yeah. it Lethal Weapon. I, yeah, that's yeah, that's probably the same thing with like MacGyver. Like I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> There's a new MacGyver. That's what I want is a, a young baby face MacGyver. Uh, <laughs> but Can yeah. we get a heel MacGyver? <laughs> That'd be what? Fun. A, a heel MacGyver? Oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it just sucks. It seems it's like oh yeah, they put together what would have been a really good show, and they it's hard because sometimes the only way you could sell something these days is by pitching it as pre-existing IP. Mm-hmm. Of course. And then, you know, if you're really good, you can use that as a bull weevil to like tell actually interesting stories. Um, you know, it's just sometimes like you hit upon certain IP that, you know, if you use it, you're ruining childhoods. Um, which shout to our friend Tim Keck, who was leading a campaign against the Lethal Weapon Facebook page. <laughs> yes, he was. To where he got blocked from it. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> that, that's a job well done. Yeah. Um, and the only other two ones I was going to ask you about were uh, the one show that I was curious about. Like, I'm never curious about shows like this, but I like Kiefer Sutherland was designated Survivor. Um I- I like the cut of its jib in the commercials, and I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> and the number one new show on television, This Is Us. Yeah, I remember 
we we shit all over that show. Shout out most of this, like the main shows. <laughs> yeah, coming out. We we shat completely all over that, and then I was just checking out Rotten Tomatoes today at work, and um, I saw it was at like a ninety one percent. I'm like, get the fuck out of here! It had a I, huge opening. Uh, the guys that did Crazy Stupid Love, which I think is like one of the best like rom coms that's come out in a very long time, yeah. are doing it. Uh, the cast is fantastic. Uh, Sam really wanted to watch it, and we just like didn't like start, and now like I have the the the, the main twist already spoiled for me who's who's, uh, uh, who's in the cast uh so it's milo i always fuck up his name uh vermiglia is that how you say it vermiglia. Uh, i know who you're talking about yeah uh sterling brown the guy from uh he played christopher darden on uh people versus oj simpson mm. mandy moore uh there was another one what was this i don't remember this girl's name um but yeah it just like the promotion behind it and everything they got going on, I was like, they're really pushing this like schmoozy. It just seemed like such like a fucking Campbell soup for the soul type show. And I was like, there's got to be something else to it. And like so far, everyone's like, yeah, it's just like really good. So I'm I, I'm probably gonna get sucked into it. Is and it I, good I, in a way like a lot of people like Parenthood, and then that ended up being on the air for like seven seasons? I think this is I think this is Parenthood, but NBC is like, all right, let's give this one a chance. <laughs> I think is what it's going to be. Right. They so, gave we'll Parenthood see. a chance. That show was on the air for like seven years. Yeah, because they they there's like two million people just refused to not watch it, to not not watch it. And they're like, fine, these people are going to burn down our fucking headquarters if we take this off the air. We're not gonna. We can't Friday Night Lights this. Yeah, um, Dak Shepard has to eat. <laughs> and I owe Craig T. Nelson. Um, can, I, can I just say, okay, fuck. Uh, so I, 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 I'm for about a season and a half. I have not like written my review on iTunes. I've given it the five stars, but I haven't written my review to like nominate my show. And for no reason at all, I really wanted you and Robert to have to watch the pilot of Coach. I have no idea why, dude. Don't think it hasn't crossed my mind when I had a chance to pick a show. I just find it the funniest fucking thing that you guys would have to dedicate at least like an hour and a half of your lives to fucking coach. I I just wanted to be in a power position to force Robert to talk about Jerry Van Dyke. Exactly. Uh, It'd be great. Uh, Maybe Um, one day. All right. Last thing. And then then we'll get into the show that we watched this week. Yes. and here's the stipulation that goes along with it. All right, so I ask you this: uh, Have you watched Ballers? Oh, no, I, we watched like the first two episodes, and I can't get HBO Go on our PS4. So no, I have not. And then I will not bring up my point until somebody has. Oh no! <laughs> <sighs> Fine. Do you really want to hear it? Yes, I do. Uh, the show needs to. It's got a lot of potential. My theory is the show is nothing but uh, The Rock's acting gym. Uh, And this is Dwayne Johnson uh, doing nothing but using the likes of Rob Corddry and Andy Garcia and Richard Schiff and Dulé Hill as sparring partners for when he's going to try to do some fucking Oscar Beatty movie because you know that's in the works. Yeah, you know, you know that he wants an Academy Award nomination yeah. at some point in the next, like, 10 to 15 years. Like, it's going to be the Oscar, and then he's going to get into public service. Yep. Um, 
And so, like, literally, you just see him, like, this is his gym. This is his acting gym. Um, and, and HBO, this is their entourage. This is their new sports entourage. Mm-hmm. Uh, except, like, it lacks a lot of the fucking fun that Entourage had. Um, like, it still has all the, f- the familiar parts, but it's missing a lot. And honestly, the fact that all they do is focus on football and football players is holding this show back severely. One, there's a lot of characters that they spend too much time on. They just need to fucking cut the bait. Just cut bait. Get You don't need this fucking guy. He's a bad actor. Don't worry about him. Um, with certain storylines, you don't fucking need. Honestly, you're in Miami. Almost all these players like live there in the offseason anyway. Yeah. If your show's called fucking Ballers... Like, incorporate the NBA into your fucking show, ballers. Like, that's where all the interesting... Football players have nothing... Any fucking outside of football story that a football player has is nothing but fucking depressing and bad news. Whereas basketball players, fucking, you know, seven out of ten times, it's going to be an interesting story about something fun, like Jimmy Butler getting an aquarium with speakers in it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's there's just and and there's like so many more rich personalities to cultivate from in basketball. And you actually will recognize when there's a fucking cameo because you can see their faces when they play the goddamn games. Yeah, just don't call Derrick Rose and you're good. Well, you know, I wasn't going to go there. Well, that's what I'm here for. (laughs) I go there. And also any reason to get Jake Glazer off this fucking show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not watching. It's God damn it. It's just it's such a simple course correction to make it a more it's it's fine. Again, like it's okay for things to be good. It is. It's fine. It's just that's an unpopular take to have ever again. Like something needs to, either needs to be fucking amazing and groundbreaking and holy shit, it's going to change your life or it fucking sucks and I'm going to snark at it. Yeah. It's good. But it could be really good. But maybe that's not what it's meant to be. Well, no, it's not for the be. reasons that I that I, yeah. I led with up top. But that makes a lot of sense, actually. As soon as you said Richard Shift, I was like, oh yeah, he's just trying to get better. <laughs> like, yeah. Why else do you hire Richard Shift and just have a good, like, solid character actor just bounce it off of and like get the nuances of acting? Yeah, that's exactly what Dwayne's <laughs> doing. Just just hire Sorkin for one episode. Let's just see everyone's head explode. <laughs> you just see Schiff feel good again. Rob Corger, I think, would handle it like a motherfucker, and everyone else is gonna piss out their butt. And they'll bring Bradley Whitford in just to help out. Anytime you can, please do. I think I was thinking about it, doing some real soul searching the other day. I think Bradley Whitford might be like one of my top five favorite actors of all time. <laughs> Man, next time, keep that one in. <laughs> I made a reference to him on this upcoming week's Married with Movies uh, that I thought he was just a random, uh, a random fucking character actor in Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. <laughs> it's like, who's that weird alien guy in the shower? Is that Bradley Whitford? No, it's just some other guy. <laughs> just looked like Bradley Whitford. But I was excited to see him, maybe. So, all right. I think we've, I think you've successfully caught everyone up on the past three months of television. Yes, indeed. So, um, yeah. Uh, after the break, Mull and I are going to talk about the show that uh, we watched this week. We watched the pilot episode of Mad Men. We'll be back right after this. 
And we've come back right after this. Um, yeah, so we watched uh, Mad Men 2007 series uh, that was on AMC, um, created by Matthew Weiner, uh, starring John Hamm and a bunch of other fantastic actors. And Vincent Kartheiser. And Vincent Kartheiser. Um, with, with a hairline uh, that I haven't seen that far up in a long time. You know he's the new fucking colonel? That's him? That's him. Well, you know. They decided, hey, you know what? We've, we've gone through enough comedians. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's actually give it to hire the... a guy. <laughs> let's, let's hire a guy. He has, to, uh, he has to make improvements to his house. No, he doesn't. He shits in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a weird minimalist. And uh, oh, I, I hate him. that we're going to have to discuss more about him uh, can, through for the next like 30 minutes. We can pay him in buckets? Not even <laughs> with chicken inside? Just give him the buckets? Because Riggle and George Hamilton just insisted pounds upon pounds of chicken. <laughs> Especially Riggle. Yeah. And Norm was just like, this could be fun. <laughs> I just want to do this. Let's see what happens. Uh, uh so yeah, um, what are some first impressions that you had uh, going back? Full, you know, we've we've both uh, watched the entire series. There's a great uh, blank slate where uh, uh, it's you, me, and Tony Colt um, talking about the finale. Um, but and uh, yeah, going back is this, is this the? Um, have you ever rewatched uh, the no. the pilot episode? I have not. I've rewatched many episodes, but I've rarely rewatched anything from season one. Okay. Um, just because I, I, I honestly don't know if I can prescribe why that's the case. Um, I think because as the show went on, my favorite seasons are seasons three and four. And there's just so like at that point, characters are fully fleshed and there's so much going on in the world and there's so much like that you're invested in that point because we've talked about it, that the show sets you up for the long haul. This, this has got the end game in mind. Not that like there's things that were purposely set up to, to pay off in seven seasons, but I have at least three different moments here where I was like, fuck, there's a call back to that. Like five seasons from now, like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so I haven't rewatched a lot of season one because it's, it's not my least favorite season. Season two is my least favorite season. Um, but it's just, I, there's a certain lane that I like Mad Men to be in and a certain level that I like the characters to be at, um, to, to, you know, if I'm just like, want to pop on a Mad Men episode just to relive, you know, good old times, I'll do that instead. So this, this is only the second time I've ever seen this particular episode of Mad Men. Um, and I had the same exact feeling that I did the first time I saw it because it had been super hyped up, particularly by Tony. Uh, Sam and I Netflixed it, uh, got it in the mail because that's how you used to do Netflix, kids. <laughs> uh, and we watched the first episode, and for 40 minutes, I was like, this is fine. You know, I'll definitely watch the next episode, but like not experiencing like what everyone was talking about. And then you get the reveal at the end. And then I was like, fuck this. This is great. More, 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 more. Uh, I, had a, I had a similar feeling to that at some parts. Because it is very much like dipping its toe in the water and like trying to be like, is this the right temperature? We got to lay some stuff out. Um, and it, it, it's not 
I think having watched it so intently as my, my favorite show of all time hurt my rewatching of the very first episode because it's it's still it's still got its training wheels on. Um, but there's still so much that just makes me swoon and want to start it all over again. Certainly. There's a lot of there is a lot of just actual mastery in this episode. Yeah. Um, and so you, you mentioned the reveal uh, and, you know. We're going full spoilers on this. So um, at the reveal when he does have a family, um, like, I don't know. Back to the first time I watched this, I don't know if it was because I had already, like, had a lot of information about the show beforehand. Like, I knew that he was a philanderer and he had a family and all that stuff. So the reveal didn't hit me because it was kind of like a soft reveal. Like, once you see him yeah. on that train, you're like, oh, he's going to the suburbs. Oh, he's got a family. And then you you see him and all that stuff. So it wasn't like a very sudden thing that took you by surprise. I, I, so it never really like resonated with me the way it probably did when you were watching it live. Uh, well, for, I for, still, well, I knew January Jones was his wife. Like I knew, I knew like that it was happening. But I, I didn't know at what point, like, those things happened. Like, I, I, I assumed, like, oh, maybe, like, he meets her in the middle of season one and they have a whirlwind romance and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I think it was just also the way that it's, like, it's not even referenced. Like, it, there's no passing reference to it at all. I specifically watched sure. for it when I watched it today. Like, there's no indication beyond maybe maybe him having shirts in his middle drawer. Like, it's, like, changing at work. But he could just be a workaholic and needs to do that, you know? Yeah, no, I, just, I know that that being like a thing or whatever. Yeah, it's just like I, I, when I found out, like in hearing about the show, I took that information of him having a family, and I, for whatever reason, programmed it in as like, oh, he's probably leading a double life, yeah, that type of thing. So that's why when that happened, it didn't really register for me. Whereas I wish I was in the situation where you were, where you're like, oh yeah, it eventually happens. Um, really living a triple life. Uh, well, yeah. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and that's fucking laid out. They lay that shit on so thick, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, my. But it's it's thick, but it's still, it's like two or three subtle things where well, you see them, and then at the end of the episode, it's like, what was that about? Like, why was he hearing, you know, they have the purple heart, and why he hears, yeah. like, the gunshots, you know, but why, like, why well, does he have PTSD? Too, where where Pete... Uh, tells him, I, I'd follow you into battle just like many have before. Oh, he's such a worm! But he doesn't even know he's being a worm! I know! That's what makes him such a worm! <laughs> he probably thinks that he is. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm being nice, but really, you know, like, I got something else going on. It's so, like, fuck! It's just, ah! Such a worm. Look, and, and, and I'm just sad that we didn't do the first couple episodes, because I just wanted to talk about that chip and dip. I thought it was... Oh, okay. So yesterday you messaged me and you told me, you know, hey, on short notice, can you do this? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's Mad Men. I have to. So I was like, I'm going to try to knock this out on my lunch break. I eat my lunch in my car so people don't bother me. <laughs> because especially my boss is on uh, is on break right now. Uh, I was on PTO and like I need to be in the office. So I was like, Didn't I'm going to watch. Get up. Never mind. She, she, uh, cause I'm going to be off so long. She can't take her break in the holidays. So she okay. took this week as like, you know, yeah. As a replacement. So I'm in my car and I just like opened my sandwich. I got my chips out and I'm like eating chips. And as I'm eating the chips, I'm like, 
fucking chip and dip. Oh my god, I'm gonna get to see the chip and dip moment. I got so excited in my car by myself thinking that chip and dip was in this episode. <laughs> and then and then I got interrupted, so I had to go back to work early. Uh, and I didn't finish watching that ep- the episode until la- late last night. And I, the episode's winding up, and like I finish watching, I get ready for bed, and I go in the kitchen to like get a thing of water, and I see chips in my pantry. I'm like, where the fuck was Chip and Dip? <laughs> and I was like, oh no, it's after! It's yeah. episode two! No! I was so mad. I was so mad. <laughs> fuck, I was mad. It's like, if I want to see one Pete Campbell moment from season one, it's him explaining the intricacies of <laughs> chips go here, and the dip goes here. Chip and Dip. Motherfucker. <laughs> I even have it in my notes. Shit, I didn't even look down at my notes. I have a one page of notes, and I have right here, chip and dip with, like, exclamation and question marks. <laughs> I didn't even fucking remember this. Uh, all right. A few more things. Uh, yes. Right from the I have a lot of notes, the- but go ahead. What's that? I, have a, I, took a lo- I took a vet Nicole Brown level of notes. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh... The show, the first thing we see is like a title card, which forgot about that. We don't see another one of those for the entire series, right? Uh, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Kind of uh, uh, giving the definition of the term Mad Men. Um, mm-hmm. It was cute. And it was a good, again, like this episode nailed the concept of a pilot episode of television, especially yes. for the type of show that they were going to be producing for as far as they knew the next one season but yeah um and and again just seamlessly like it could be very clumsily done very overtly done but you know it's always good to have sort of that audience way in and for us that's peggy olsen um (laughs) being shown around the office by joan and and we're getting all these data dumps and all these exposition um just uh, very, 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 very expertly crafted. Well done. Absolutely. I wrote, uh, I wrote, because uh, we've talked about this on the show, and I don't remember if we mentioned it on our like recap on Blake's Light or not, but uh, I've always loved the talk and shop episodes of Mad Men more than maybe like the the lives and, and personal stuff yes. of Mad Men episodes. And this is fucking great at that because it's the business aspect you're in sterling cooper for the majority of it it's a lot of figuring out what we're going to do how the pitches my first note was it's good to see don working again Uh, (laughs) was my very first note was oh like it's good to see don like i don't know like being good at his job yeah like he's supposed to be like the best ever uh and then and then you just get into like learning like how this place works and everyone's roles in it and like how their characters kind of fit into it, as opposed to what's going on the outside of it, which you get into in the next week's episode, which I know you have to do. But for yeah. a pilot, I think it's ballsy to not go with that first because I think, I think it was yeah. uh, Andy Greenwald that called this, and I, I know you're not a big fan of him, but I think he kind of described the show as best when it was a workplace comedy. True, I I, I can agree with that at a very uh, on a certain level, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Also, something I noticed, the first actual like shot after the title card is is sort of a slow tracking shot um, coming up behind Don. And like all you're seeing titles. really is like his back and the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last shot of the of the series, just like of his face, like a close up of his face. 
Yes, uh, it's uh, it's him uh, oming uh, with the ding. Yeah. Of, and then yeah, yeah. So that's good. Good point. Um, uh, and you also, I mean, yeah, all these characters are are, are clearly laid out. Um, you get to see Don like again in a very similar way to a lot of these kind of like troubled male shows like you get to see his his you know creative struggle and then you get to see him have his aha pull it out of his ass moment um i love that because you don't for like the rest of the series for the most part you see don just being like owning it and sure he struggles a lot from four on and becomes a shell of who he is especially in this episode but like getting like the psychology of advertisements yeah and like and why it happens and then seeing him struggle and then getting that aha is just Overcoming so great that to... scary german woman uh oh we're not the lvp yet but um <laughs> but uh that bitch was never seen or heard from again i'm pretty sure for yep. a good fucking reason at least at the very least she was actually german like i thought they like hired an actress to be like a german researcher and it's like why it's the 60s no one's hiring her um, God, I can mark that off. Who's this research bitch? LVP. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my notes out one by one. But yeah, I love that was seeing him in the process and establishing, you know, who he is and like his potential. And when he admits his potential, there's nobody better. Yeah. Was fucking badass. Um, I could have I could have used a little bit more Roger. Um, but that's just yeah. Knowing what Roger becomes, um, I only have two Roger moments marked down. Uh, the first one you can't you can't beat though. How do I put this? Have we hired any Jews? <laughs> <laughs> and then the response, not on my watch. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> hey, Mama, welcome to the sixties. Uh, I mean, the the response was a joke. Um, I know, but still, but, the question shouldn't be the question. <laughs> uh, is there any character in the history of television more consistent than Roger Sterling? Uh, I don't think so. Because <laughs> my other moment I have later is Don saying, quote, you're a whore, and Roger's reaction is just to salute him. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he's not saying words, he knows exactly who he is and what he's doing. Uh, no, Roger Sterling is probably my favorite character in television history. Um and I am really, really sad that there was so little of him in this episode. Yeah. And it was also fun to watch these two specifically because Rod, because uh, John Slattery was almost Don Draper. Well, you know um, who else was almost Don Draper? Thomas fucking Jane. Yep. Oh, God. Although, I think we've said this before, John Hamm on Hung, that show's still on the air. Yeah, this is... The it's also... I mean... This is a much wider ratio between the two comparisons, but True. this is this is um, uh, Damon DiCaprio uh, corollary here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, John Hamm on Hum is Hung is a documentary. Um, <laughs> not even <laughs> just follow him around and see what happens. They, but, it, uh, and he also plays a character called the Punisher in the same show. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was interesting to see them each. Uh, I felt like there was still like a level of competition there because this is, you know, season one, you still have Don, you know, you know, Roger doesn't see Don as a peer yet. 
or maybe even like you see them like kind of be friends. But I definitely felt that level of expectation for Don, which you don't really get ever again because he becomes a partner and, you know, exactly. and everything. Yeah, but, but there's, this that one, there's that one line that uh, that Roger has when all the, the junior executives come in um, to celebrate. Um, and he's just like, yeah, time for me to exit this uh, mid-level whatever. Um, yeah. So that, that did kind of like show you a little bit of a status. Like, yeah, this is actually where... Don is like he is a mid-level executive and he tells that to, to Pete as well yep. um, in in that other monologue where he's talking to Pete uh, where he basically lays out everything Pete almost did and to a point did become until he <laughs> I wrote a yep that's what I know was Don calls Pete's entire character after one scene for the entire series yeah and like Pete got to the precipice of that and then like in the last two episodes of the whole series fucking pulled a 360 or 180 as it were well no because even like don I, I didn't write the line down but don has a thing where it's like you'll be lucky to have any hair or something along those lines and like yeah. you're schlepping off to do this and the last thing you see of pete is him with his family he just like haphazardly got back together like trotting his way up a plane that's almost definitely going to crash on him yeah um what about any of the other uh junior executives i I love the elevator scene where you get to introduce them again. And my favorite part was when I was watching it, I was like, oh, man, Cosgrove's back. And Paul, yeah, Paul Kinsey couldn't remember Harry Crane's name, which meant he did his fucking job. <laughs> um, <laughs> he fucking killed it. Yeah, uh, it was, I was, it was, I was ecstatic to see after. Harry Crane back again. Um, just like still like being a like a scumbag just like just the, the 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 very first bloomings of a scumbag that's what he was nice that's what he was the good one exactly cosgrove, but he was still cosgrove a is scumbag a, cosgrove is such a pig and cosgrove ended up being like the nice one that's and true. harry yeah and harry in that is it seems like oh well golly gee willikers you know like it's great to be here with this woman with her pasties you know like hanging out and like at the end of it is like I don't have any donuts or whatever the fuck his last moment is in the series. And you're just like, good, Harry Crane. You got everything you deserve, you fucking asshole. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to see them again. Uh, and uh, the line I have here from that uh, stripper uh, bachelor party scene was, Donald Trump has minorly ruined Mad Men forever because every line, I'm taking a sexual assault. Yeah. Or Donald Trump is just Pete Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is what I what that explains I the hair. It does very much so, very much so. Um, but yeah, other little things I have. Uh, Peggy, I forgot. God, the fucking there. You mentioned earlier, but there's a little bit of laying it on thick on certain things. I feel like Peggy was one because they set up. You know, I think it's very early on. You kind of have a feeling like, okay, well, she's obviously going to be very important and going to have this huge metamorphosis because you already get it in 48 minutes basically of you know her going to the doctor and you know getting the pills and mm -hmm. accepting pete in uh which is a great line uh uh don says something to pete's like uh like be careful because you might have you might wake up pregnant in the morning <laughs> yeah and I'm yeah. like oh, well yeah he uh he nails that one um the 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 scene where it's peggy and don and she thanks him for uh, getting Pete off her back, and then 
puts her hand on his. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Like that's the the crossroads of the entire rest of the series, yep. for those two. It, it's I, and it was so it was played so fucking perfectly. And they, and they replay that uh, in the suitcase later on, where Dawn takes her hand in a totally different manner. Yeah, and it's so fucking. I wrote it's the last time we ever think Dawn and Peggy can ever happen because there are like there were moments like where they always like would like. Very, very subtle, subtly or minorly tease it, and it's like, no, that's that's not those characters. That's never going to happen. Uh, so yeah, so that I fucking love those two together, uh, and the, even the first scene where um, Pete is in the office with the two of them, those three as like the kind of their their relationship yeah. as as a trio yeah. was also just pitch perfect and sets up so much um, where like. Don will always be awesome to Peggy when Pete is there. <laughs> That's how I feel like it is. <laughs> like he'll be he'll be the total shits to her, you know, when it's just them. But with Pete's involved, okay, Pete, stop being a fucking dick. Yeah. What are you doing? You're an asshole. Um uh who else have we not talked about? Uh oh, my favorite mistress, Rachel Mankin, was uh, one of my favorite mistresses. Um Yeah. I uh it's crazy how this episode set up Three of Don's women. Yeah, it's good. Midge, I've always been whatever with Midge. Um, I always forget that she's the first. Uh, I think that's maybe why I'm kind of whatever, because in the grand scheme of things, she didn't mean much. But Rachel Mencken, I I was happy they went back to later on. Spoiler alert. But the tension they have between them is is palpable. Um, And you know, like you get right away so much in his character because he's like, Okay, we have to work for this one. All right, not a problem. Got it. Well, it's also like such a differentiation as well. Um, The way how like all the other junior executives are like chasing after younger secretaries and so on and so forth. Whereas like Don reckons with women, like real women, a strong, educated, bullheaded, opinionated woman. Yeah. He's like, bring it on. I can crack that. Uh, so yes, I liked that. Uh, other little notes. Uh, my second note was racial tension early Uh, (laughs) because, because they have like the guy that comes over is like, is this guy bothering you? He likes to talk. And I'm like, fucking hey, Jesus, let the guy talk, please. Um, but I like that. I love that little dialogue he has with the, with the, the waiter about like the type of cigarettes he smokes. Yeah. Right out of the gate. Um, we already talked about Sal a little bit, but uh, I forgot Speaking about laying it on thick. Um, Holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's, because we are, we are running out of time. So I do want to kind of uh, wrap it up a little bit here. Because um, I, I want to talk a little bit about Sal in a bit as well. Um, so you already said your LVP. Um, I agree. If I had another LVP, I'd nominate uh, uh, Bobby Draper. Um he only saw the back of his head, man. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, That's why he got fired. He couldn't lay there. Exactly. Um, MVP. Uh, Ham. John Ham. Yeah. Um, I feel Pam. bad that we haven't really talked that much about Christina Hendricks as well, but she really didn't have that much to do in this episode. No, she has the one scene, and you can tell there's going to be great things to come from her uh, right out, right then and there. You see the warmth of Joan. You see the cold of Joan. Yeah. Oh, how about you know. also the two thirds uh, 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 stocked um, 
of stardom switchboard room with fucking uh, Flo from Progressive and Kristen Shaw. How much does it suck to be that third lady? <laughs> Couldn't have used the switch room scene in Mad Men to start your shit up. Fuck off. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out to Lee Garner Sr. He's a great character actor. He played an awesome defense attorney and judge on Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Um, Just like just like seeing him and everything. I don't know the actor's name, but he's cool. He's it's also fun to see Lee Garner Jr. and go, oh yeah, that (laughs) yeah that guy. He's gonna uh, cost Sal his life, and he once had Roger Sterling's balls in his hands. Um, if you had one question to ask Matthew Weiner, what would you ask? How bad were the other kids that auditioned for next episode when you had to hire your kid? <laughs> oh, you mean uh, just about this episode? <laughs> I, I think, I think my question would be: Are is Sal you? <laughs> no, Sal is his kid. I'm telling you, oh. <laughs> Sal, you. Wow, I've never thought of that. Oh man, wow. Bye bye. I'm gonna watch that bye bye birdie scene tonight. <laughs> Holy oh, shit, man! What a show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fuck that! You just broke down my world, man. Oh yeah, my dude. god. So, um, but yeah, it was is hell of a show. Uh, I think it's obviously it's obvious where we stand on that. I I I, I picked it up. <laughs> yeah, I did. As well. I might do it again. Yeah, I yeah, you started something here. Yeah, sorry. No, it's all right, man. <laughs> Remember when I said I really got to watch Mr. Robot and Stranger Things? Nope, not anymore. <laughs> well, I think I'll you're going to have a, some time coming up soon. Yeah, a little bit. So, all right, man. Um, well, that's going to wrap it up for uh, what we do here on Picked Up. Um, yeah, Mullet, thank you very much for uh, for coming on board. And, uh, and My pleasure, and, man. I- I've been waiting to do this in some manner of uh, speaking for the past two seasons, so I'm yeah. glad to uh, to to be involved. I'm ready, re- willing, and able whenever uh, whenever you are to have me back. Uh, hopefully, when there's a new permanent host, because uh, please not me. <laughs> no, no, don't worry about it, man. But uh, thanks for helping us uh, start this new chapter and picked up history. Um, and yeah, uh, tell us what you think. Um, give us a shout at picked up pod on Twitter. Email picked up podcast at gmail um, and pick the podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can hit me up personally at Rich Cami on Twitter and Instagram. Mullet. Uh, I am at your host Mullet on Twitter. Uh, that's pretty much all I ever use. But you can follow all my other podcasts at Podswoggle at Mary W Movies. They're all available on ArcadeAudio.net as well. If you do like me, you can hear me every single Thursday with my wife, and every single Friday with Rich and my other boys. And of course, you can find all those shows at ArcadeAudio.net. Head on over there to listen to, uh, yeah, all, all the, the plethora of shows. We actually uh, got to probably, hey, Mullet, heads up. We probably got to uh, all get together and Skype um, and talk about new shows uh, that, that we're going to do. Um, and, yes. Uh, and, yeah, also, I mean, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. It helps the algorithm and uh, helps other new people find the show um, and just helps spread this cool thing all around the world. Statues crumble for me. I knew um, you were going to say that. I, I, it would have bugged me all night if I didn't. Um, I mean, but who knows how long I've loved you. Uh, for Mullet, 
This is Rich. Uh, uh, thanks for picking us up and keep your dial tuned to awesome. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.